It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Smith rifles that one to Mims. And that's a foot race. He's going to win. Touchdown, Baylor. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Five straight games, Anthony, where he's got a touchdown catch of over 20. That's To the middle of that line, and it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder. 85 yards. There was contact with the quarterback, and it's incomplete. They got pressure on Prescott. It was Adams who came blitzing in. He'll hit immediately. He got the handoff. You know and it's <laughs> the Qinator. Oh my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's Wednesday, so it's time for Midweek with Manish. Manish Mehta covering the Jets for the New York Daily News. And that means it's time for Part 2 of Manish's Top 20 Countdown. Part 1 was last week. If you missed it, go ahead and listen and go ahead and read about it in the New York Daily News. Today we are going to do Part 2, players number 15 to 11. So Manish, what do you say... We jump right into this and reveal that number 15 is not Steve McClendon, who is number 16, and I argued with you about that because I think he should be ahead of this guy. His teammate on the defensive line, Henry Anderson. Anderson had a rough year last year, battled an injury, had to play a different role. Ultimately, I just don't know what his role is going to be in this defense this year. I think that was one of Mike McCagnon's weaker contracts that he signed. I know that Anderson had a good year the first year he was here, but I think he was not needed. He was a little bit of an overkill. It got even worse when they ended up drafting Quinn and Williams, obviously, and then even worse from there when they got Kyle Phillips as an undrafted free agent. So I'm not so sure if he fits all that well into the team this year. It makes me wonder if you're just doing this because you want to retweet from Henry Anderson's wife. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, it's fascinating because if you rewind, uh, I don't know, about 15 months ago in the run-up to last year's free agency – you know, there was a thought that, you know, Greg Williams is coming in. He's going to play a 4-3. Andrew Anderson's probably going to be, uh, you know, a, a poor fit for a 4-3. Turns out Greg Williams actually played a 3-4. Not much value in that because, you know, we know that teams are in sub-packages a lot. But Greg Williams thought enough of Henry Anderson to want to bring him back. So he did sign that three-year $25.2 million deal. And, uh, you know, as you said, look, statistically, uh, the numbers weren't pretty compared to his career year in 2018. Uh, Now, what I can say is that he did have that nagging shoulder injury that he suffered early in the game in Philly, and it bothered him for a while. He missed some time. He had a sprained AC joint. Missed some time. Uh, Don't think he ever fully got back to, you know, to, you know, 100% or close to it until the last month or so. Uh, That being said, he did have a different role than he had in, Todd Bowles' uh, scheme, and his production from a statistical standpoint did suffer. Uh, however, what I thought was you know, eye-opening to a certain extent, he did play 62% of the snaps in the last five weeks. So Greg Williams did have belief in him. He valued him enough to keep him in. Uh, you know, Typically, when you're playing out the string, you know you're out of the playoffs, maybe you want to experiment, try some different guys, give some different guys more playing time. But ultimately, Anderson was still a mainstay 
uh, on the deepest part of the team. That defensive line is deep, as you mentioned a couple guys. You know, last week we talked about some of the younger guys, uh, you know, who are I think trending up as well. Uh, so he did not lose faith uh, from Greg Williams, and I think that's important when you're considering you know, what kind of impact he'll make in 2020. Uh, I know that you thought that he should be ranked behind behind uh, Steve McClendon, who was number 16 in my rankings. Okay, you know that's fair enough. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not gonna not gonna strenuously object, uh, you know, to take a line from a few good men. I'm not gonna strenuously object to that. Uh, but what I will say is that I do expect a bounce back, assuming that he's healthy. Uh, I mean, that is critical. That's important because Henry Anderson you know, has dealt with injuries in the past. Uh, you know, he stayed clean in 2018. And that helped him produce at a very high level. But I, I do think the shoulder injury was an issue. I do think him adjusting to a new role was an issue. But then ultimately, I thought he played well, uh, fairly well over the last month. And clearly, Williams had enough faith in him to, to play him a, a good amount. I should clarify, by the way, in case anybody was wondering about the comment about a retweet from Henry Anderson's wife. She's super active on social media. So if you're not on Twitter or Instagram or something, you wouldn't know this. But she does like and retweet pretty much anything complimentary that anybody says about Henry Anderson. So that's what that joke was about as Henry Anderson clocks in at number 15. Amanisha's countdown. And as we get to number 14... An interesting choice, Pierre Desir, the new cornerback. He should be cornerback number one. In a perfect world, he would really be cornerback number two, but we don't live in a perfect world. You're a Jets fan like me. You definitely don't live in a perfect world. So you know that Pierre Desir, even being cornerback number one, is certainly an upgrade from last year. The question for me here, Manish, with Desir is all about health because when he was healthy in Indianapolis in 2018, he was pretty solid. Last year, he had a really rough go of things, and that's why he ended up getting released. They felt that he wasn't worth the salary cap hit that he was going to cause. So now he ends up on the Jets. As you have marked here in your rankings, he signed a one-year $3.75 million deal. Again, I think if he's healthy, he could certainly earn this ranking, but I'm a little nervous about this one. Yeah, and not great options on the back end. Uh, you know, Technically, I suppose he'll be the number one corner. He's going to be 30 this year. He had a really odd year last year, so he missed four games because of a nagging hamstring injury. He had career highs in interceptions and pass breakups, which if you look at a cornerback statistical profile, you would think, wow, he must have had a really good season coming off a career high in, in picks and pass breakups. But the reality is that opposing quarterbacks completed about 65% of their passes with a 96.5 passer rating against Desir last year, which is not good for a cornerback. So, uh, as you said, he was a cap casualty. The Jets didn't waste much time to sign him. Uh, the assistant general manager, Rex Hogan, was obviously familiar with Desir when Hogan was in Indianapolis. So it made for a logical decision given, you know, the deficiencies on the back end. Uh, but I'm with you. I, I'm, I'm not sure exactly what to expect out of him this year. And at number 13 is his teammate in the secondary, and that teammate is Brian Poole. A lot of people expected him to get a pretty nice contract in the offseason, but he didn't. He got a one-year, $5 million deal to come back after having a career year in the slot with Greg Williams last year. He's betting on himself that by staying with Greg Williams, he'll get himself a long-term contract after this. The question with Brian Poole is, was last year an outlier and he's really Atlanta Brian Poole? 
or was last year the beginning of a blossoming, sort of like what we saw with Demario Davis when he came back here for his second stint and then went on to do really, really well in New Orleans too. So Manish, I totally understand your ranking here at number 13. I also would have had him above Desir just because Poole didn't have the injury issues that Desir had. But this will be an interesting season for Brian Poole because he's going to have to prove that last year was not a fluke. Yeah, two consecutive one-year prove-it deals. I think if he had his brothers, he'd obviously want to sign a multi-year deal with somebody, the Jets or somewhere else, but it just wasn't there. The Jets actually had offered him a little bit less early in free agency. He felt that uh, it was not nearly enough, thought he could get more. The Jets uh, gave him the opportunity to test the market, and that's exactly what he did, and ultimately he came back to the Jets. The Jets gave him a little bit more money but a second consecutive one-year deal. This is coming on the heels of the Falcons not tendering him as a restricted free agent. So uh, he does have a lot to prove. Uh, a really interesting player in the sense that the Jets love his aggressiveness. They love his toughness, his attitude. Uh, they love the fact that Greg Williams can use him in a number of different ways, blitzing the passer, the guy who had uh, five quarterback hits, you know, four tackles for loss. He forced the fumble. Uh, you know, he is can he be used in smart, creative ways. Uh, I do think that he needs to improve as a uh, uh, a guy in coverage. But when you look at the numbers, the numbers tell you that he's pretty good in coverage. You know, Michael Nanya has uh, a couple stats that he gave me that I thought were interesting, just kind of given what the, I know the Jets feel about him in coverage. You know, he's a guy who allowed the fewest yards per coverage snap in the slot. Uh, according to Nania. And that's interesting because I think coverage is an area that he does need to improve upon. Uh, I think Greg Williams will tell you that, that he needs to improve upon that. But uh, you know, he wasn't horrible in that area. I just like The combination of him being solid in coverage coupled with him being good in run support and having that aggressiveness and that nastiness to him made him appealing for this particular scheme. And that's why the Jets wanted him back in the first place. But, yeah, he's going to be a motivated player this year as he was next year. And having a motivated Brian Poole is only going to serve the Jets well. If Brian Poole is motivated and plays the way that he did last year, and if Pierre Desir can get back to what he was in 2018 before the injuries, this secondary could be a lot better than last year because, let's be honest, Manish, the corner play aside from Poole last year was horrible. So anything would be an upgrade. And if Poole can hold the fort and do what he did last year in the slot, that'll go a long way towards helping to turn things around. Another position where the Jets certainly needed a lot of help in the offseason was wide receiver. And Denzel Mims clocked in at number 18. You played it a little conservatively there because you think that Mims has the tools to be an impactful player, but you're not so sure how impactful he's going to be in year number one. Well, Robbie Anderson would have been the guy that would have been the number one receiver here for the New York Jets going into 2020, except he's in Carolina with his old coach, Matt Rule now, and instead... Brashad Perriman comes in here to be Robbie Anderson's replacement. Brashad Perriman, a first-round pick of the Ravens a couple of years ago. That was the last draft in Baltimore that Joe Douglas was a part of, so he's familiar with Perriman. 
Herman kind of bounced around the league Bit of a journeyman, had some injury issues Last year caught fire the last five games of the season For the Tampa Bay Bucks. So the Jets are hoping that based on what they saw in that stretch And Perriman's natural ability that got him drafted as high as he was drafted Coming out of college That he's finally hit his stride And he's going to be a dynamic weapon for Sam Darnold So that, I assume, is why you have him Clocking in at number 12 But you probably have a little lower expectations Than the Jets do Because if he doesn't end up Being a top 10 guy For the Jets in terms of impact It's going to be a bit of a problem for Sam Darnold Because I'm not so sure How well this Jets offense Is going to do if Perriman doesn't At least come close to living up to what he was At the end of last season For Tampa Bay Well I think he's the biggest enigma on the team Frankly the the biggest wild card. I don't know that anybody can say with certainty which Brashard Perryman we're going to see. Are we going to see the guy that we saw for the first four and a half years of his career? Uh, you know, guy who had, believe it or not, a combined 1,055 yards in the first 46 games of his career, uh, a non-factor, really. Uh, or are we going to see the guy who erupted when Mike Evans and Chris Godden got hurt? A guy who had, what, 500-plus yards, five touchdowns in, in five games. Uh, he finally had the opportunity, when you look at his snap share in the first 12 weeks, fewer than 60% of the snaps. That jumped to almost 84% of the snaps in the last five games when he had more opportunity. And he took great advantage of that. He deserves all the credit in the world for taking advantage of an opportunity uh, that was given to him in a pass-happy offense with a team, frankly, that racked up a lot of statistics a uh, quarterback in James Winston who racked up a lot of hollow statistics. Uh, I can't say that Perryman ho- racked up hollow statistics because, you know, he did get open, he did beat corners, and he he did make plays. So he absolutely deserves credit for that. But I don't know if that's the player we're going to see in 2020. I think that these pandemic restrictions, you know, as we noted earlier uh, last week about Denzel Mims, I think that also – greatly impacts Brashard Perryman and maybe to, not to the extent as Mims because Mims is a rookie and Perryman's a vet but Perryman's still walking into a new situation with a new quarterback and he also would have greatly benefited if he had an entire offseason to work with Sam Darnold he didn't have that so uh you know how much can we realistically expect I don't know uh, you know, we saw last year with Jameson Crowder, he took full advantage of the offseason because he hit the, the regular season, uh, he hit the, the ground running with the, with that ridiculous game in the season opener, which he had, I don't even remember, what was it, 12, 14 catches, whatever it was. So uh, the, the offseason with the new quarterback greatly benefited uh, a receiver last year. Uh, Perryman doesn't have the same opportunity that Crowder had in terms of having the time with Arnold. So I don't know what we can realistically expect, uh, you know, out of the gate from him. But uh, he's an extremely talented player. There was a reason why the Ravens drafted him in the first round, you know, all those years ago. Uh, he's not an old player by any stretch of the imagination. He's only 27. But uh, you know, as I've said numerous times, I think the Jets made a uh, a mistake in not retaining Robbie Anderson. Uh, again, not because Robbie Anderson was an All-Pro player, but because Robbie Anderson was an ascending player who was gaining a rapport with the most indispensable piece to the puzzle, and that's Sam Darnold. They took that away from Darnold uh, for financial reasons. They inject Perryman into the equation, and I don't know what you can expect out of him. And that's why uh, 
you know, I, I guess you could say I took the safe road, or relatively speaking, the safe road by making him number 12 on this list instead of, you know, top five or top 10. I just think there's enough unknowns there uh, to warrant this ranking because he has talent. We saw it recently, but we also see a resume of a guy who was disappointed and we have an unusual offseason in which he's not been given time to acclimate to his new surroundings. So I think 12 is fair. Uh, you know, he, he's got the ability, Scott. He's got the speed. Uh, he thinks he's got the same speed as he did uh, when he clocked a 4-3 at his pro day five years ago. You know, we'll see. But he is playing the exposition, and the exposition is not a position that's overly complicated. It's something that you can, you know, jump into a new situation and still be productive. That's certainly what Adam Gase and Joe Douglas are hoping. Uh, what I think is interesting about the X spot in Adam Gase's offense is that it typically hasn't been a really productive spot uh, on teams without Peyton Manning. Now, obviously, Peyton Manning makes everyone, <laughs> almost everyone, into a star player, and you saw that in Denver with Adam Gase. But if you take Manning out of the equation and you look at uh, all the years that Gase has been an offensive play caller, from Chicago to Miami to most recently the Jets, uh, the X spot really hasn't been that Productive it hasn't been overly productive, I should say. Uh, the one year you could point to was the year in Chicago in which uh, Alshon Jeffrey was really on his on his way to a monster season before he got hurt midway through the year. But other than that, the X spot hasn't been overly productive. Devontae Parker didn't do that much. Part of that was you know, health related. Uh, Robbie Anderson last year was was good, but he wasn't great. So I'll be interested to see what kind of production Gase gets out of that position from Perryman this year. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Manish, as you said, Perriman is certainly an enigma, but one guy that is going to be counted on to be one of the centerpieces of this offensive line for the next couple of years is in at number 11 on your list, and that is Connor McGovern, who hopefully will bring stability to the center position for the first time since Nick Mangle retired. It has been just a litany of horrors at that position ever since. We've seen Wesley Johnson, Spencer Long, Jonathan Harrison, Ryan Khalil coming out of retirement. None of that has worked. Now they went out and made a decent investment in Connor McGovern, who is the only player who they signed this offseason to a contract that is anything more than a glorified one-year deal. If Connor McGovern lives up to what he was in Denver, which is a slightly above-average center, I think that's a huge win for the Jets, and it'll do a lot for Sam Darnold. So, like you said with Perriman, a lot of this depends on what these guys end up doing beyond what they did for certain stretches in their previous stops because remember Connor McGovern switched from guard to center Perriman got streaky the last five games McGovern's a guy that's a much more sure bet than Perriman at least on paper but if he does well this will be a huge boost for Sam Darnold who had to deal with some horrific center play the last two years yeah I mean third time's a charm hopefully for the organization (laughs) because two years ago Spencer Long was a a complete and utter disaster, and they had to have Jonathan Harrison try to save the day that year. And then Ryan Khalil, uh, if you can believe it, was worse than Spencer Long. That was a absolutely terrible decision to, to bring him out of retirement. And then they turned to Harrison again to try to you know stem the tide there, hold the fort. And I thought Harrison did a solid job, but they clearly were not sold on him being uh, the long-term answer at that position. So, you know, as you said, McGovern is the only offensive lineman that they signed in free agency that's essentially locked in beyond 2020. Everybody else, a one-year deal or de facto one-year deal. McGovern's deal, uh, in essence, is a two-year deal. They could get out of it after 2021. Uh, they certainly hope they don't have to do that. Uh, they want McGovern to grow with Sam Darnold. They want that to be the connection for the next you know, foreseeable future, I guess, is the best way to put it. And... Uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see you know, what McGovern ultimately becomes for this line because he's got to tether both sides of the line together, and uh, he's a disciplined player. I think that's the one thing you can absolutely say about McGovern, one of three players in the league with enough snaps to not commit a penalty all year. Uh, and for McGovern, that's 1,014 snaps. Uh, it's the, the third most snaps played by a center in the last decade uh, without committing a uh, uh, a penalty, which uh, I guess is just a, a roundabout way of me saying the guy is disciplined, and that matters. Offensive line play is predicated on intelligence and discipline. He certainly seems to have uh, those two qualities, which will serve him well. Uh, now, look, he did give up three and a half sacks last year. It's a pretty high number for a center, uh, but by and large, you look, you want the guy to to be the brains of the operation up front. You want him to be on the same page with the quarterback. You certainly want him to be good in, in you know, 
run game. So the, you know, those will be priorities for uh, this offensive line. And uh, look, he, he can't be worse than the, the previous two free agent signings. Now, I can't imagine him being worse than Long and Khalil. So uh, you, you would hope that uh, at least they've improved. How much they've improved at that spot remains to be seen. Uh, but, uh, you know, the real work, frankly, for for uh, McGovern and the rest of the line will be when training camp starts. Uh, I know it's uh, not ideal that they, these new guys haven't been given the opportunity to work on the field together this off season. There's obviously a lot of value in working together uh, on the field. Uh, there's no substitute for that, frankly. But the most important part for an offensive line, a new offensive line specifically, is working together when you're in pads and you're not really in pads until uh, mini camp, three days of mini camp. But really, you know, the the, the work comes when training camp begins. So they're going to have a, an opportunity, hopefully, at the end of July when training camp begins as a new group, uh, at least three new starters, probably four new starters uh, when camp begins. And uh, there's going to be a lot of responsibility on McGovern's shoulders, frankly, to 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 get these guys together to work as a co- cohesive unit because uh, that's going to be pivotal. It's really going to be the the most important part uh, of the equation when you're talking about whether this offense actually becomes respectable. And that, Manish, will put a wrap on part number two of your top 20 countdown. We will reach the top 10 at the beginning of next week's episode, so that's going to be fun. Should we give any teasers or spoilers leading into the beginning of the top 10, Manish? Well, we're going to kick off the top 10 with a guy that the head coach uh, wanted to trade upon getting hired. Uh, Probably a good thing that he didn't uh, trade him, and we can talk about why next week. Uh, I think there's also an extremely underrated player, a guy who gets gets uh, underappreciated by people around the league, but perhaps even underappreciated by Jet fans. He's going to be in that uh, next group of five. There's also a guy who I think can be a superstar in that next group of five. Uh, let's see, one more teaser. Uh, there's a guy who uh, has a lot to prove, and a guy I think that maybe has gotten forgotten about uh, over the past year but a a guy who I believe has an extremely high ceiling and can do some damage this season. We'll hit the top 10 next week. In the meantime, whet your appetite by checking out Manish's written version of this in the Daily News and following him on Twitter. If you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it does a lot to help us out. So if you could do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and turnonthejets.com.